Welcome to Momentum Africa. I'm your host, Hashim Meki. Our show features African leaders that are shifting the paradigms in their fields. We explore themes of leadership, economic development, current challenges, and how these leaders are providing innovative solutions to be catalysts of change in their communities. Here at Momentum Africa, we understand that there are no panacea to all problems. And this is why we examine the following topics. The influence of past and current leaders, economic development, philanthropy, culture, and health within the continent of Africa. In this episode, we welcome Ms. Negisa Zenabu from Uganda to Momentum Africa. Currently, Ms. Zenabu is a small business owner running a bridal shop that sells and hires out Ugandan traditional wear. At the moment, she's running for a district woman councillor to represent Nyanga Division, Bukowe District. Prior to this, Ms. Zenabu worked as a journalist for a radio station in Jinja in 2015 for one year. Ms. Zenabu also worked as a lecturer at the Metropolitan International University, lecturing in journalism, news writing, public relations, public speaking, and sociology from 2016 to 2019. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Can you tell us a little about yourself? How did you start uh, becoming a businesswoman? I wanted something that could support me and support my mother and my family as well. Because in my family, I'm just like uh, the breadwinner. So, yeah, that's how I decided to start a business so that I can support myself and my family. You started the bridal shop because you sensed that there was a need for you to, to earn and help the family? Yes, because there was late payment. I could spend like three months without payment or four months without payment. And on top of that, when it used to come after those months, it was little payment. So this was your job that the degree that you had from college you're talking about? The, the kind of jobs you had before you started the uh, the bridal shop business? Yes, that was my profession because I did journalism at university and I was teaching journalism as well. So it was my profession, but the payment was really, really little. That's why I decided to change to uh, my own business. That's interesting. So you you decided to switch from being a lecturer in journalism to having a business. And now you run a business, but you also uh, intend to run for an office. Yes, that's very true. I'm intending to run for an office. If all goes well, very soon I'll be in office, yes. <laughs> right, so uh, that's amazing that you're running for an office. So can you tell us how has your experience shaped your journey thus far? Actually, for me being uh, a lecturer uh, and after being into uh, business, this has helped me interact with a lot of people, people's needs, and I have gotten to know what people want and I have gotten to know their queries 
So this is helping me shape my journey by getting to know what I'm going to do next when I get to that office in politics. That's that's fascinating. That's fascinating indeed. So what had thank you. What has uh, inspired you based on those people and experiences? I mean, there must have been a moment when you felt like I I have to run for an, a political office in Uganda. So what that moment was? Um, politics has always been my passion because I have the urge of helping out people. Uh, for example, in my village, uh, not a lot of people have gone to school. I'll tell you that out of thousands of people living in my village, we are just like three or four who are learned. So this has forced me to go into politics so that I can help my community, most especially the ladies and the children. That's indeed a, a moment that is worth uh, fighting for, especially given that you're only one of uh, two others who have gone to, uh, who have uh, been educated. So what would you say that your experience thus far as a woman running for an office in a country like Uganda has uh, been, have you faced any challenges running for this political office? A lot. Yes, a lot of challenges. Uh, first of all, this is <laughs> this is funny, but it's real. Um, a small-bodied person, so when people look at me, they call me young. So this has been a challenge in that people asking me, but you're still a young girl. Are you going to manage this? But I stand on my two feet and I challenge them because I'm not that young. <laughs> I'm 33 years old. Uh, another challenge is, um, of course, men. <laughs> men looking at you, everyone would love to um, have a piece of you, something of that sort. That's another big challenge. Um, another challenge is uh, actually a lot of people in, in my area, for them being that they are not learned, um, they think women cannot sit in such positions. They think men are always superior. And they think us women are supposed to be home, doing just homework and cooking for our husbands. Uh, that's another challenge because they keep on um, putting us down, like us who are standing for such offices, they keep on putting us down. But still, we stand on our two legs. And we're like, no, this is what we're supposed to do. Another challenge is um, money. <laughs> money to support me in politics. Because as a woman who is running a small bridal shop, and sometimes I'm not seated at a bridal shop, I'm just in the field looking for votes, it becomes so challenging that I don't have enough financial support. And in, in Uganda today, the Uganda have of today, politics is money. That's also another challenge. Uh, actually, there are a lot of challenges, but most especially, those are the superior ones. How do you overcome 
these challenges uh, your age playing into to this uh, that's an issue people think that you're too young so do they don't do they don't take you seriously or uh, or how do you overcome this as a challenge and also uh with regard to the the harassment or people uh not thinking that uh, a woman should be in that position how do you deal with it but also the finances i mean if if politics in uganda you have to have money to run so how do you i mean how what do you do to overcome these challenges uh, first of all when it comes to my age versus my <laughs> size my body size i stand i stand my ground and let people know that i'm not young and i let them know that i can i can manage when they give me a chance to go into office i can manage and still i do make sure that whatever i say i fulfill for example in my community we are having people uh sorry we are having children who are under age and they have gotten pregnant when they are still in their parents um houses but at least i go and counsel them and tell them how life is supposed to be so if i do this kind of counseling they get to know that i'm a serious person at least i do some kind of charity work and they get to know that i'm kind of a serious person uh when it comes to men i tell them point blank that i'm married marriage to me has been my and sometimes i go in the field and move with my husband he helps me to move around with me so that's also evident that i am married uh about the money challenge that's uh, a big one but still i stand but still i stand my ground and tell them i mean my community members sometimes i go to the fields with uh, my husband to help me out so this is evident it comes evident that i am married so i overcome that challenge sometimes by being with my husband on ground and about money issues i always tell my community members that it's not good for people to just buy their votes because people are going to buy their votes and they will not come back to work for them so i take that gospel to them but still i buy them some water once in a while when i get from my business when i get some money from my business and with the help of my husband sometimes as a successful leader it seems like you're very successful as a businesswoman uh and a journalist in the past and now so what would you say is your uh, secret sauce to being a, a good leader uh it's actually about uh, promising and you fulfill 
I should say not giving empty promises, not taking money from people just to do something. Um, and sorry, corruption, not being corrupt. That's what I wanted to mean. That's my secret choice. Oh, integrity. Integrity, integrity and, yes. and promising, but uh, fulfilling those promises so that people would know that you really mean uh, what you said rather than see, giving yes. empty promises. So what are the uh, main three leadership principles that have propelled you to this success? Trustworthy, hardworking, um, of, co- of course not, f- uh, of course fulfilling uh, promises and um, not being corrupt because in Africa we have corruption is the biggest problem here. And listening, actually listening to your community, listening to them and being approachable. Because if they can't approach you, it means everything is not going to work on very well. So you have to work with them as well as them working with you. I like the principles that you outlined. And I was wondering if those principles that you've lived with, which is to be at the service of those people who I need, is helping shape your, uh, the likability within the community that you serve to help pave the way for you to be elected. Do, how do they receive that? Do they like it? Yes, they do like it a lot. They do. Because the leader we've been having before has been there for two terms. Uh, those are 10 years, but within the 10 years, she's voted, but she never comes back to people. She never comes back to uh, receive people's problems, to receive people's queries. So basically, they are receiving me and they are liking my ideas and they are liking everything about my political career. So yes, they are receiving me positively. Amazing. Uh, what? So I, I know I kind of alluded to this similar question. So what inspires you every single day to get up and keep going back there to the field and, and, and campaigning? However, I hear positive, um, positive things from my community members. I wake up positively. And another thing, when I see people, like most especially girls, looking onto me, and basically when they see me being their inspiration, that also keeps me moving. It pushes me to work really hard for this. Yes. And... uh, Wherever I see a need in my community, like for example, we don't have water in my community. We don't have schools. Medication is quite hard. Wherever I see such difficulties in my community, I wake up every morning and I push myself. I'm like, you know what, Zainab, let's do this. You have to do this. So yes, that pushes me to wake up in the morning and push for this 
that's an amazing feeling to have each single day as you do this. So far, what has been your greatest accomplishments or milestones? As a businesswoman, at least I have managed to educate my brother. Mm-hmm. At least to diploma level. My mother is always sickly. Um, I have managed to treat her because she's having complications. She's having pressure and diabetes. So at least I make sure I treat her. It's quite expensive, but at least with a little I have, I am managing that. Mm, another thing, developing myself. Um, as a woman, it's not always good to depend on your husband. It's always good to be independent somehow, somewhere. So I have managed to sustain myself. And uh, at least I have managed to uh, construct a borehole in my community because we were, we were lacking water. We were walking a very big distance, a very long distance to go look for water. So at least I have managed to construct a borehole in my community using the small money I get from my business. That's amazing indeed that you, you're able to have this accomplishment. How do you provide water to the, to the community? Are you doing it on your own uh, expense or do you partner with other uh, non-profit working in your area to, to provide that? Actually, thank you for that, but I did it. It was my own initiative. I went to my community and talked to uh, like the leaders, the chairmen and uh, the women leaders in my community. So like they got some money, they collected some money from the community members and I added on the big amount myself and we constructed this borehole because I couldn't manage alone. It could cost me an arm and a leg. For how long have you been uh, doing this as far as getting the community members organized, but also this other uh, nonprofits, but also putting in your money. It must be a lot of money to provide for the, uh, for the community, such a service. Yeah, it's a lot, but we, we do it in bits. We do it in bits. If we get money, we do something small. Then if we get uh, more money, we do something more. So basically this has taken me to, to construct this borehole and uh, finish it. It took me like uh, eight months to finish that. Yes, eight months. But also my husband helped me somehow, somewhere. And, 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 and that's a great accomplishment. So for how many people would this borewell uh, provide water to? I should say approximately to more than uh, more than a hundred, more than a hundred, because as you know, Africa in villages, it's um, it's not a lot of people on each and every village. 
people walking long distances, but um, around my community, at least it's more than 100 people. That's impressive that you're able to provide. I mean, even one person is a lot, so 100 is definitely a, a sizable chunk of your community members that you, you, you have been able to, to help so that they could benefit and have water for themselves and their loved ones. Thank you. So that being said, in every success, which it seems very, very uh, driven to provide to the community and do well for the, for the people. So there must have been people in your life who have inspired you to become successful, who might have helped you. I know you said your husband, but there must, there must have been also other people, either in the community, worked as mentors or in the school, who have opened the doors for you. So any that comes to mind? The first person has been my mother. Uh, she's been a single mother. <laughs> it's emotional, sorry. But it's my mother. Yes, my mother and uh, some community leaders. It's not been easy for her, but she managed as a woman. She pushed me by counseling me and telling me every morning, you know what, Zainab? I'm just a poor woman from our village is called Buwampa. And she's always like, I'm just a poor woman from Buwampa. Look at me. I'm always dirty in this very, very old skirts. At least if you go to school and you make a change in our community, it will be something I'll be happy about. So it's been my mother and uh, elders on my village, plus my husband. My husband has always pushed me. He has helped me. So it's it's actually these these people. Yes, that's very uh, impressive that you have a network of uh, people. But most importantly, it seems like your uh, your husband and your your mother, who was a single mom, have the most uh, uh, impression. But also, who have guided you through this. Uh, successful journey. You definitely have the uh, the urge to change things. You you seek change in the community, as you've uh, evidently shown throughout your life. So, what is it that you think is wrong with the current leadership? I think you alluded to it. The current uh, councillor woman. You alluded that she is in the position, but seems like she doesn't come back to the community but but only maybe for votes so that being said it seems like her leadership style does not suit you and you don't agree with it so that's a contrast right there i sense so what would you say one elected perhaps or even as a businesswoman if you're giving people advice so what would you tell them a good leader is yes i was saying it's, uh, I always put it on being approachable because in leadership, I think you can't just work alone. 
you have to work with a community. You have to listen to them. You have to talk to them. So if you're not approachable, it means they will not come to you and tell you their problems. So I'll put it on being approachable and uh, being trustworthy and uh, fulfilling, promising and fulfilling because we are, as uh, politicians or leaders, we are promising them heaven and earth. But are we going to fulfill this? Yes, me, I will. I'll try to fulfill my promises, unlike my incumbent uh, friend who has not been fulfilling her promises. I like that uh, leadership style, and that's very admirable that all leaders should uh, live up to that. Don't promise them heaven and earth, but be realistic and deliver on whatever you uh, you promise to to do. That being said, what have you learned as far as your professional life that could serve you well in any future leadership role? But also, how do you balance your work and family life? It's quite tricky and it's quite hard and uh, family. I give time where it's due. It's, uh, it's needed. If it's time for politics, I go for politics. I go in the field and do politics. If it's time for work, like I got someone who is helping me at my shop at the moment, but she keeps on updating me what's going on. So I know whatever is going on at work and in, in the middle of the month, at least I go there and see what's going on at work. That's my, because family is so important in life. So, so I always come back to check on my husband, most especially. When I'm that side in the field, I'm staying with my mother. So basically, um, I'm getting time for all this. So you have a team or employees who help you in the business. So tell us more about that. So as a, a businesswoman an employer, how do you treat your uh, employees? How do you treat them? How, what's your relationship with them? So for our viewers to learn more about, your, you know, employer, employees, relations, and how we, uh, as, you know, people in position of, uh, you know, power, but also leadership to treat uh, employees. I treat them good. Okay, tell us more. I treat them perfectly. Actually, they are my friends. I treat them perfectly. I pay them monthly and uh, I give them lunch. I give them transport. That's amazing. So you have employees who you, who, who you consider them to be your friends, not only your employees. So the relationship between you and them is very friendly. Please tell me about how you execute your strategic plans so that they can uh, translate into reality, so that leaders, uh, current and future leaders, can learn from your example. I have met a lot of people, and I still meet a lot of people. And I meet people in leadership. I get to know about their weaknesses, and it's upon these weaknesses that I'm strategically handling for example, I so much stand on being um, 
being a promise keeper. So, yeah, I'm mostly basing on that. That's amazing. Uh, can you also please tell us how you, uh, you know, as a leader, what advice, if any, that you have for Karen, Ugandan business uh, leaders like yourself or other future leaders who aspire to run for political office or just become successful leaders in the community? What advice would you uh, give them? First of all, they should have a good relationship with the community. And secondly, I would advise them to be, to not be cor corrupt. Because if everything is based on corruption, nothing is being done. If we are corrupt, we can't, we can't, we can't fulfill, we cannot. So corruption should be out of politics. Another thing, they should be approachable. They should put at least a small gap be, between them and the community. So they should be approachable, uh, trustworthy, and and work with the community as they aspire to to build their credibility. What other decisions have you made that have guided you through your professional successful journey besides uh, what you have already mentioned, the people who have mentored you? So were there moments in your life when you had to decide whether you wanted to pursue this passion or the other passion? So what, what, what are these uh, pivotal moments in your life that you had to make a stand and say, this is what I want to do? When I look at the transport, transportation means in my community, and it's actually these roads that I'm using, but the roads are really terrible. This forced me to go into politics, but I, because I can only execute this when I'm in office. Because as you know, it's not allowed to um, construct roads when you're just a normal person. You have to go into uh, a certain procedure to do that, that um, brought me into politics. It forced me to go into politics because I wanted to uh, execute such ideas. Another thing was the education system. We have schools, but we don't have professional teachers in our schools. So we can as well do this when we are in office. Uh, the health system still is bad, so we can still fulfill this when we're in office. So yeah, that's it. That's an impressive uh, reasoning for going into politics, and you definitely are uh, a, a, a aspiring to make change in the community. And this are attributes that other leaders current and future in Africa and beyond can learn from your example. As we conclude this conversation, what questions are going through in your mind about the state of affairs during this pandemic, particularly in Uganda, Africa, and the world? Start with my country, Uganda. Uh, during the pandemic, people have not been treated equally. 
we've not been treated equally in a way that uh, we've all been in um, in quarantine, like we've been quarantined, but we've been seeing some people moving around, some people going for shopping, but some of us were not allowed to go for shopping. So that was so much of politics. And another thing, as uh, you see in my country, that it's... Um, it's um, a voting era. We are into into voting. Uh, the state is trying to use this pandemic as uh, a tool to do their politics. Um, I've seen this also in most uh, African countries where people are not treat- treated equally. And uh, when it comes to outside countries, like countries of uh, Europe and the US, maybe they are trying to help their citizens. But in Africa, at least no one is trying to help us. We are just standing on our own. So it's quite challenging. Yeah, that's it, Hashim. Thank you so much, uh, Nagisa Zainabu for this very insightful and very informative and very inspiring for uh, for leaders in Uganda, Africa and beyond. So thank you for your uh, for for your uh, contribution to this discussion, for your uh, for your inspiration to run for office, but also to be trustworthy like you said and all this advice that you brought in viewers uh, and viewers who listen to this i'm sure they would uh, love to hear you again sometime in the future when you've already been voted into the office so we'd love to have you back again uh in the sh- in, in this momentum africa podcast so you can share with us uh, your leadership style and what you be able to achieve for the community in your village in uh, uganda as a whole so thank you so much again thank you so much hashim